Our psalm reading today comes from Psalm 42. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mazar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But every day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones, they scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. This is the word of the Lord. All right. Hello. Uh, we are back this week with uh, one of my favorites, Marla DeLong. She is a licensed family and marriage counselor working with Restoration Counseling in Knoxville. And I wanted you to talk about grief today. So a little backstory. Um, I know Marla on a very personal level. I showed up in her office a few weeks ago and I said, I'm not showing up the way I want in my life. I'm crabby and I'm tired and I just, I don't feel like myself. And um, the Psalm that we just read from Psalm 42, when um, it says, I hear the tumult of your raging seas in, in my mind. That's that picture of when you're in the ocean and you're flipping around, you're just trying to get your feet on the sand, but the waves are flipping you around. You can't quite get on the ground. And I felt like I showed up saying, this is where I am. I, I'm feeling tossed about. I'm feeling not me. I'm feeling crabby and tired. And, and what's going on? Why am I feeling these ways? And you looked at me and said, I think it's grief. And that was wild to me because I didn't know what I was grieving. It, I felt very out of touch with that. You know, I think we associate grief with death. Um, but I don't always associate grief with grief with life. And so as we kind of talked through this, I thought that this is something that I hoped, um, that you would share with people I love. Um, and so some of you, you, you've experienced, you know, you're in grief because you have experienced something big or traumatic. Um, uh, but then I think a lot of us are experiencing grief that we, we wouldn't necessarily use that word for. And so, um, my first question for you is, will you just define grief? Like, what is grief? We, we may not know I think, exactly what it is. Yeah, sure. Um, grief is what we feel when we've had a loss. And often in the church, we've not spent a lot of time talking and thinking about this. Mm -hmm. And I think what you just said, we think about it in terms of if there's been a death. But there could be the death of a dream, hmm. the death of life as we know it, which many of us are going through right now. Um, 
the ending of a relationship, the ending of a job. Um, so many people in college and high school not being able to go through the ceremonies of, yeah. of ending and beginning and not having a wedding not the way having you a wedding. That's right. There's yeah. so much that it's, it's just a loss. And I think so often we're quick to be harsh with ourselves about it and should on ourselves about it, mm -hmm. even though Jesus never shoulded on us at all. <laughs> and Jesus was very familiar with grief. Mm -hmm. But it's not uncommon for people to come into my office and think, oh, I'm depressed. And de feeling depressed is a symptom of grief, but once we unpack it and I'll say, even I, sometimes I have people do a grief timeline and mm -hmm. I'll say, just put the last six months or the last year, or the last five years. And on this timeline, just write all the losses and disappointments you've had. Mm -hmm. And I did that one time. And when I went through it, I was like, oh, this makes sense that I'm tired. This makes sense that I'm sad. This makes sense that I'm angry. And it allowed me to be a little more gentle with myself. And yeah. often people don't even, they just power through lots of change and lots of loss and lots of disappointment. And they've not taken the time to just sit back and, and assess, could I be grieving? Hmm. And often people don't know there are two sides of grief. Mm -hmm. There's the sadness side of grief. And then there's the anger side of grief. Yeah. Yeah. And people who are really, really sad often need to get angry to move through the grief. Because anger, if if used the way God meant it to be used, is, is our energy and our power to heal. Hmm. And people who are really, really angry often have to learn to feel those sad emotions and... Hmm and have tears come sometimes mm -hmm. so that they can move through those feelings because the reason we feel these things is so that we can let them go and come back and live present and in reality now. Mm -hmm. But if you stuff those feelings and don't deal with them, what you bury alive inside you, it doesn't die. It just mm -hmm. comes out sideways. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. It does. And I think the when you were talking about shooting on ourselves, I think sometimes we do that, that we think, oh, so people's problems are way worse than mine. Like, I didn't get to go on vacation. I shouldn't feel grief about that. I, other people have lost so much more than me. And, and so rather than actually owning our sadness or owning I'm angry about this, we stuff it. Mm -hmm. I know we do that. I, I do that with the very big things, but I also do it with the really small things too. And yeah. so, um, so we're grieving and if we can get to the point that we can acknowledge we're grieving and maybe even attached to, I'm in the anger piece of it or the sadness piece of it. Cause you say, what are some, I don't know, like what are the, physical symptoms we've you, we've said you know maybe you feel depressed you feel there's so many some yeah. people say they feel numb some people mm -hmm. it affects your sleep it can affect your appetite it can affect um 
your energy levels. It can affect the things that you're passionate about or not passionate about. Hmm. I mean, and and I'll, I can leave you that list of just yeah, we'll so put many the list symptoms. and the resources. Yeah, because it makes you it can make you feel really helpless. Hmm. Um, heart palpitations, body issues like with your stomach mm-hmm. or dryness of mouth or. We talked about anxiety, Mm -hmm. feelings of anxiety. So there are physical conditions to grief and confusion, not being able to remember things. Mm -hmm. And when people often come in and I'll just go through the list with them, they're like, you mean that's normal? Yes. You mean that's normal? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm not saying normalizing it makes it go away, but when you go, okay, I, I'm not going crazy. Right. Like, no, you're not. Right. This is what you have to experience. And often grief has to have its way with you because mm. you can't control it. And we want to. We want it so to be bad. like one, two, three, and it's over. Mm-hmm. But often I tell people, especially with um, death and loss and trauma, it takes two or three months after an event for your body to just thaw out enough for those emotions to start coming out. Goodness. And yeah. often people will come in later or a year later after an anniversary time of mm-hmm. a loss, even the loss of um, a job. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a year later, they're feeling all of these feelings mm-hmm. and they just don't know why. And I'm like, oh, well, you're just getting to a place where your body and your mind can begin to unfreeze from the trauma and deal with it differently. Mm -hmm. But most emotions you can move through fairly quickly, but grief is, it's, it's slower. And I I think there's a quote that says something like grief is what we feel. It's, it's, it's a result of having loved Mm. and cared. And so if we're not gentle with ourselves, during a grieving season, it'll make that grieving season longer. And everybody grieves differently. Yeah. You know, some people get busy and deal with their grief. Some people just cry, <laughs> but they won't get angry and move out of it. Mm-hmm. Some, it. It just depends. Some people like to eat more when they're grieving. Some people don't eat at all. Mm-hmm. I like to eat. Mm-hmm. And I, I just lost my mom last year. Mm-hmm. And so... And it was a long season of sickness. And I've even watched myself this year just not have the same motivation, not have the same energy levels to things that a year ago would have been so exciting to me. And and I know that's just part of my grieving process. But I, if you really love somebody, I don't know that that grief ever completely goes away. Mm-hmm. But what you find is it lessens Mm -hmm. and you find a new way to be in the world and continue to live and love. But you have to let yourself feel the pain of that. Let me tell you the coolest thing. Yes. Um, When you grieve and you have tears of sadness, there are chemicals in those tears that release toxins from your body. Really? That your tears are different when you cry tears of happiness. Wow. And so God knows that we need to release things that get toxic in us. Mm -hmm. And if you stuff grief 
it does get toxic. And there's this book that a researcher wrote, his name's um, Bessel van der Kolk, and he wrote it, it's called The Body Keeps the Score. We'll put it in the It's, uh, it's notes. like this thick, but yeah. you could... Yes, it's you, amazing. You could YouTube it. It's amazing, um, yeah. Some of his stuff, but when we don't deal with strong feelings mm -hmm. and emotions and grief, they wedge in our body, and they mm -hmm. come out as disease or sickness. Mm -hmm. And so in this season of all that's going on, there's so much um, that we're all being triggered with and so much that we're, we've lost, mm -hmm. even in the beauty of what we're gaining at times. Mm -hmm. And if we rush through these feelings and don't, in AA circles, they say you have to feel and deal to heal. Mm -hmm. If we don't take the time to feel and deal, then we won't heal and we won't flourish mm. as much as we would like to in the future. I feel like I um, have shown up and sat in, on your couch in your office and, and tried in every way to get you to teach me how to go around something so I don't ever have to go through it. And unfortunately, you've never given me the trick of how to get around it. It's always through it. Um, but I think that that just really practically speaking is some of us, for, for me, it, getting access to those hard emotions is really hard for me. For me, it, it comes out in anger probably way more frequent or busy than it does in tears and sadness. And so to, to get my body or my brain over to this place is a really hard thing. And so I just wonder, are there really like practical feet on the ground ways to say like, how, what do we do? We like like is is there a practice we talked with anxiety about the practice of breath and and feet on the ground and grounding and things like that are are there tangible things that that you've seen that have helped people i think you have to give yourself space yeah i think there's healing in solitude and often when we get still and stuff starts mm -hmm. to bubble up we don't stay with it no, yeah, we want to get, or we want to numb that in a yeah, second. You I numb it. Yeah, I don't want to. And so, owning that you need space to feel mm -hmm. and um, to grieve, and but I don't. You can't do that in a hurry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Jesus. I love that quote. Jesus never rushed. <laughs> yes, it messes yeah. me up. Yeah, because we're such a rushing culture. But to slow down and be still and to listen to what your heart and your body is telling you and to just feel that. Mm -hmm. um, feelings are not good or bad. They're just like the flashing lights on the dashboard of your car. They're just there to signal, hey, something is good or something is not good. Let's look at it. Let's get curious mm -hmm. about it. But if we don't stuff, if we stuff it, it doesn't go away. It just builds up and gets toxic in us. So being still, mm -hmm. finding a safe person mm -hmm. that you can share your grief with. Um, you know, in the Beatitudes, um, the, the scriptures tell us, are, um, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so often, the one thing we won't do is give our space, ourselves space to mourn and to grieve. And so we miss 
the comfort that God wants to give us from other people or from himself and we medicate mm. it and we numb it and so you know there are grief groups that mm. help walk you through grief there are uh, you know a good friend that mm. can hear your heart and just hold space for you is so important but that person really has to be safe for you to be mm. honest you know but if you don't have that space or that friend would you be gentle enough with yourself to give it to yourself somewhere? Mm-hmm. And it's it's just so important. That um, brought something up in me, the, the beatitude. Well, I have two things. One is the beatitude. Uh, we talked uh, this February, we spent time in the Sermon on the Mount, and, um, and what we said is Jesus is offering a more free way to be, a most free way to be, and that that would be included in that idea. And I think in the church we have... Um, historically thought that grief and Jesus or gratitude or Christianity aren't don't hold hands that mm-hmm. that they are opposites in some way or, or we've been taught to feel guilty when we're sad because it means we're not thankful or guilty for those things and um, and I what I hear you saying and what I think Jesus is saying in the Beatitudes is that's that's actually the exact opposite is yeah. is you know the description of Jesus is a man of sorrows acquainted with grief that mm-hmm. that they did hold hands that these aren't opposite things no and if you read lamentations or if you read the psalms at all mm-hmm. it's full of grief mm-hmm. and it's i am grieving what is a psalm basically i am grieving i don't understand i feel so alone but god you are here mm-hmm. and you are with me and even though I feel like my tears or my sorrow or my anger is going to overcome me, you're bigger than that. And I can move through this and continue to live and breathe and bring you glory. And I often tell people in really, really hard seasons, I think there are seasons when if you can just breathe, mm-hmm. it's an act of worship. So if we, one last question for you, if we have someone we love that we know is in this active process of grief, a partner or a friend or a child or um, someone in our life, uh, how, how do we love them well, pastor them well, friend them well? Ask. Yeah. I, I don't know specifically, but we can ask. Mm. Um, what do you need? Often they can't tell us. Sometimes I tell people, just do something. Hmm. Just pick up a Snickers at Weigel's <laughs> and drop it off at their house. It's just something. Mm-hmm. But then I think the ministry of presence is the most powerful ministry there is. And often we will turn away from people because we don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. But there's no words. As a counselor, I have no words Mm -hmm. that are going to take that grief away. But in our presence, we're saying, I'm here with you to hold this grief as you move through it. And just like Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. When we have someone that offers their presence that way, and we know they mean it, that in of itself is healing. Mm -hmm. And a Snickers. And a Snickers. <laughs> um, I think that is what I've enjoyed our summer in the Psalms so much because I feel like 
it's that reminder that, um, like you said, the ministry of presence is one of the biggest we have. And I feel like the Psalms are the reminder of the Jesus whose ministry is present to us, who's with us. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. I just want to thank Marla DeLong for spending a couple of weeks with us. It's not every day you get to sit with your counselor in front of a lot of people that you love and talk about really tough things. And so I'm so grateful for her voice um, in my life, but also in the life of our church. So uh, here's what I want to do for Selah today. Each week we've kind of given you a psalm or a, a piece of a psalm or a practice with a psalm. And so I don't. I hope you're not signing off just yet because I think this is an incredibly important part of our service is uh, the intentional moment of taking a breath and taking a pause. That's what Selah means. And so here's what it is today. Um, A few years ago, I went through uh, uh, an incredibly difficult time, um, one where the grief felt uh, overwhelming. And so as we've spent the last few minutes talking about grief, this is why we, we did this around Psalm 42. It's because of these two verses. So for me, I had this picture of uh, when you're in the ocean and a wave gets you and you think you're like riding this way for fun. And then all of a sudden you're flipping over and over and over again. You're just trying to put your feet on the ground. And I think so often that's exactly how grief feels in our life is that it feels like we're completely out of control. We're just trying to get our feet on the ground so that we can stand And so for me, uh, Psalm 42 verses 7 and 8 were um, like breaths. It was like a breath. It was um, the calming of the storm in my own life and my own heart. So if that's where you are, then um, I hope that these feel the same for you. So I'm just going to read them um, as a prayer for us. And um, and then my hope is, is that you'll visit them uh, over and over again all throughout the week. So Psalm 42 verses 7 and 8. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day, the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night, I sing his songs, praying to the God who gives me life. Amen.